Good Gabs, sponsored by Skillskin, a nonprofit organization empowering individuals with disabilities through employment. Good morning, Good Gabbers. Today we have the pleasure to speak with Nate Yoder, 22 years old, entrepreneur, man of mystery. We're going to learn a lot today. Uh, Nate, thanks for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Well, what's happening with you? What's uh, what's your world like? We're uh, we're interested. Are, have you always been in Spokane? I have. Yeah, I actually grew up out in Medical Lake. That's my neighborhood. So, I'm out of Clear Lake. There we go. That's perfect. Yeah. So I grew up out on five acres out there. My parents had a, a hog farm. Cool. <laughs> and so I grew up on the farm raising pigs. I actually uh, showed bunnies in the Spokane Fair all growing up. And, FFA was your um, world. Yeah, actually 4-H. Okay. So, yeah. So. I grew up as a farm boy and uh, instantly knew that it wasn't for me. <laughs> Tough life. <laughs> exactly. So, But I'm super grateful for it and the experience and uh, giving me that work ethic for that, sure. That used to be my dream. I wanted to be a farmer. Yeah. And I remember telling my grandma, uh, I was like, I really want to be a farmer. She looked me dead in the eye. She's like, Steve. You're not tough enough to yeah. be a farmer. <laughs> she was so serious. I was like, okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So that dream went away. That's yeah. awesome. Did you well, grow up on a farm too? Uh, no, I grew up on uh, 13th and Fisk okay. on uh, the South Hill of Spokane. And yep. yeah, so no, I was not a farmer. That's why you wanted to be one. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I heard the dreams. Yep. Exactly. I grew up the opposite <laughs> way and wanted to move to New York. And then I found out that Spokane's way better. So <laughs> no doubt. Absolutely. Yep. I know. I remember, um, gosh. You're taking me way back now. Like one of my first jobs, I ended up working at Eggers Better Meats. Oh yeah, up on oh uh, yeah, fifty seventh. Amazing place. Amazing place. That yeah. family, incredible. Yeah. Um, they're the ones who taught me customer service. Like yeah. I credit them to this day of yeah. like, how do you treat someone? How do you make them feel like you're they're in their own home when they're yeah. in that uh, butcher shop? And uh, yeah, thank you, Steve, Jeff, Renee, Eger. Yeah. Yeah. Have them on the yeah. podcast. <laughs> no doubt, right? That, that's a good idea. That yeah. definitely set me up um, and and taught me a lot. That's awesome. Yeah. So, okay. Uh, Medical Lake, then what was next for you? Yeah. So um, I grew up out there. I stayed there until I was about 17. So during that time, I uh, when I was about eight or nine years old, I started a custom cedar doghouse business because my dad had a custom cedar shed business. So I used his scrap material basically to make custom dog houses for people out in Liberty Lake. Awesome. <laughs> because they paid the best. And <laughs> Know your customer. Exactly. Yeah. And so I did that for a few years until it transitioned into furniture. And then when I was about 13 years old, um, I started the, uh, uh, my, my little furniture business. So I was doing custom woodworking and tables and chairs and stuff like that. And then when I was about 15 years old, this whole time I had been going through uh, Medical Lake School District, sure. K through nine. And when I was about 15, I decided that I knew exactly what I wanted to do, which was be an entrepreneur, be in business, business acquisitions. And so I really didn't see high school as that path. And so I dropped out my freshman year and I got my diploma that same exact year. Um, and so I did about three years of school in that one year. Basically. Really? You just said it. I yeah. know my path. This is happening. I did. Yeah. And I never really, uh, I'm the youngest of five. And so I never really got along great with people my age. Like I, I get along with everyone, but sure. I never had re really deep connection with, you know, friends my age. And so I was always hanging out with the older kids, you know, always my, my older siblings and whatnot. And so I'm very grateful for that because it, it pushed me to mature a lot faster. And yeah. So. Wow. Okay. Well then 
tell us more about what were some of those first businesses yeah they got so, what did you learn yeah so basically as soon as i dropped out i started the furniture outpost over on monroe street um i don't know if you've seen it or not but the the logo is mountains it's a couple mountains um and so me and a, a monroe and what uh, well, now it's on Monroe and Cleveland, I believe. But okay. before we were right next to that auto body uh, yeah. dealership, Autotech. Yeah. I remember. Yeah. And so me and a buddy started it out of like an 800 square foot little tiny building, basically a shack. And uh, we were selling mattresses and then I was selling my furniture out of there and stuff. And um, it was a great experience, but it was one of those experiences where you really learn how to do business the hard sure. way. <laughs> I know you have the idea of what it looks like. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And so um, I learned how to better vet my partners and I <laughs> I learned how to... Important lesson. Yeah, exactly. I learned how to do a lot of business marketing and social media and stuff like that. So um, that was a great growth opportunity. And then about two years later is when I sold that and got into real estate. So wild so what's happening in the real estate world yeah so i was kind of telling you uh before the show that uh i for the only the jobs that i've had in my life the only w2 jobs was i was a barista at rocket bakery which um, one the one on first and cedar okay nice and so i still know all the regulars Mm -hmm. there it's a great spot but um so i did that in the mornings and then i would serve at tomato street in the evenings and uh, basically just had a season of grinding, you know, as a young man. And um, it was it was a great experience, but ultimately W2 just wasn't for me. And so during that time, it was cool because um, I was figuring out exactly what I wanted to do next with my life. And I didn't really have that direction. Um, and so I was just kind of exploring different options. And uh, that same day, I was serving coffee and Rich King walked into the coffee shop. And if you don't know Rich King, he's one of the biggest realtors in town. And uh, basically, he probably doesn't even remember this, but he basically <laughs> just encouraged me. He's like, man, you'd be an amazing realtor. And then my wife walked in, who was just my friend at the time, and she was telling me about one of her friends who was in real estate, and they do really well, and you know they're very personable, and it's you know still being in business and things. And so I started, you know, kind of questioning it because all in one shift, this is already happening. And so I'm, I'm, you know, the wheels are spinning at this point. And then two more realtors come in after she leaves, and they're both like, you'd be an amazing realtor. You're like, what? (laughs) The stars are started to align. Yeah. And so that same day, I put in my two weeks. And in that two weeks, I basically did 10 hours of school every single day after work. And so I got my license in that same two weeks and became a realtor at the age of 18. I love it. So, yeah. I I remember going through uh, that test. Cause I thought I was going to be a realtor Did too. You? Yeah. I was in college and I was working a front desk at a hotel Yeah, and I'm like, yeah, real estate. This is what I want to get into. So I did, went through that test. Yeah. I never took it any further. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I, uh, but I always liked the business and you know, I, I've redone a number of houses over the years and called it like making houses happy again. Yeah. Cause I just, you know, I liked the character of a neighborhood, the it's character fun. of a house, and just to, like keep that integrity alive. I just thought it was fun. It was like being in service to the community. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Well, what kind of things have you been learning in real estate? Like, what? How is this impacting you? Yeah. So I've been in four years now, um, this week, and uh, it's been an amazing journey. So I started at Prime Real Estate downtown with Melissa Murphy. Fantastic lady, fantastic company. Learned so much there in my first nine months, and then uh, decided that I wanted to, you know, kind of expand a little bit. And so I went up to Keller Williams, and I was at Keller for about a year and a half, and then COVID hit. And yep. during that time, there was a lot that I learned. And one of the things is that, especially in the sales industry, that community is incredibly important, um, and surrounding yes. yourself with the right people. And so, especially this town, it's yeah. the big little town. Yeah. 
Exactly. Yeah. Have you ever read the book Six Degrees of Separation? I haven't read the book. I'm familiar with the theory. Yeah. This is like three degrees, right? It's two degrees. Yeah. (laughs) Everybody knows each other. I know. I was thinking about, you know, Keller Williams. They have a long history of launching some very, you know, successful people um, in many different businesses. One of my friends, uh, Keith Riddle, who now has uh, Synergy Properties great guy fantastic yep. guy. and that yeah. uh, that whole program but i remember them uh you know dreaming about this yeah. keller williams yeah yeah and, and now synergy properties yeah mm. exactly yeah so um so i was at keller and um basically when everything happened with covid i i realized that community is super important and it was a weird time because nobody really knew how to handle all of that, right? Nobody sure. knew, you know, what to do with the shutdown. No one was alive the last pandemic yeah. Uh, happened. Yeah, everybody was running around like a chicken with their head cut off. And so um, no blame to them, but it just kind of shut down and the community kind of shut down. And I just wanted more than that. And um, I was in a mindset where I was like, I'm not going to be stopped and I'm going to move forward, you know, with full force ahead. And so I decided that I was going to start a real estate brokerage of my own. And then I researched it and found out that you have to be in it for three <laughs> right. to five years before you can do that. And so I kind of got discouraged. But then that same week, I was praying about it. And I got connected through social media with a company on the west side called Park Place. And when I connected with them, they only had about 50 agents or so. And uh, and so we, were, we started talking, and they're like, we want to get to know you. And so um, my fiance, who's now my wife, um, I was talking with her and I'm like, congratulations. Gonna... <laughs> Thank you. I was like, I'm going to go over and meet these guys. And so I drove to Seattle for a day. She's like, you're crazy. You don't even know them. <laughs> like, why and, not? Yeah, exactly. Community. Exactly. And so I started just talking with them and exploring kind of who they were. And we ended up sitting and having coffee for like six and a half hours, just talking about God and life and business and our passions and what we wanted to do and the impact that we wanted to have. And um, at the end of it, I basically asked them, okay, how can I become an agent with you guys because you're not in Spokane yet? And they're like, well, we'd actually like you to just open as many branches of us as you want because it seems like you're very vision-oriented and you have the same direction as us. And so they made me an offer to basically become the owner of however many branches that I wanted and they would just do all of the designated broker side of things. Like I can make this work. Exactly. And so it was fantastic. I grew it to, at its peak, we were about 26 agents. Uh, We were 30 agents in total when I had it. And then um, about two years into it, so just just recently, actually, I got out of it. So um, now I'm back with Keller, back with Keller and learning more and um, just trying to personally grow and whatnot. But ultimately, the decision behind that was I had my baby girl about six months ago and just time versus money. It just wasn't panning out. And Sure. Well, um, th- those are choices, right? Because there's yeah. time. Time is yeah. finite. Yeah, exactly. And when you're building business, it takes all of it. Yeah, Definitely. Definitely. Well, I'll tell you what, it was one of the hardest decisions that I had to make because to be able to, you know, shut down your baby and also let these guys know, you know, that believed in me, hey, I I can't do this anymore. That's very difficult. And a lot of people don't even get to a place to where they can do that because they're so, you know, driven by other people's opinions of them. Well, sure. And so that was one well, of the a lot of some shame happens, you totally. know, in yeah. that. Like yeah. I, I've definitely been through closing down some businesses yeah. and yeah, you, you, yeah, you feel shame. You feel like you might not be successful again. Are these opportunities going to happen? Right. Are people going to trust me with this. Yeah. Like it goes on and on and on. Right. Yeah. How, how did you work through that? Uh, well, for like a year, I didn't. <laughs> and so a year I wrestled with it. And then when I had, when I had my daughter, Loveland, 
Um, her name's Loveland Gracie. And so when I had her, uh, my wife had her, actually. I didn't have her. But <laughs> <laughs> when my wife had Good her. Good distinction. Yeah. <laughs> um, then, you know, your perspective just really opens up and you start to, you know, put that baby first. And so um, the biggest choice for me was, you know, I'm not living in my full potential of who I could be and ultimately trying to run a brokerage and also do real estate and create my own brand it just wasn't working out because those are two very full-time demanding jobs. And so it was tough because I wasn't being the best boss to my agents and I wasn't uh -huh. being the best agent to my clients. And so what I really had to, you know, figure out was that, you know, the, the most important thing that you can do is live in your true potential and actually, you know, be honest with yourself about how much you can handle. And so um, when I had her, that was kind of the pinnacle, the tipping point where I was like, okay, I need to make this actually happen and not worry about what my peers are going to think. That was the biggest thing is yeah. real estate is very, um, it's very competitive and it's also very comparison oriented. And so uh, it was very difficult just because I had all of these people that were either looking up to me or the haters, right? <laughs> that, you know, didn't want to see me succeed. And that was a big driving force in me continuing it for so sure. long. Is, You're like, I'm going to prove you wrong. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah. Well, the, and that story definitely happens a lot like this start and stop of of your career like yeah. that, that ebb and flow we work with uh, people with disabilities at skillskin and help find them jobs and that's something so that we awesome. talk about a lot though is like you can have a dream right this dream where you want to get to yeah but in between where you are at that very moment and where that dream is you're going to just, you're going to go towards it. You're going to go away from it. Right. And that dream might change over time. And it will, it will. And so I'm so glad that you're able to, you know, help share that and part of your experience. Cause we talk about that a lot, a lot. And, you know, sometimes it lands, sometimes it doesn't, but I just, I, I feel personally, that's just a common story. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I know when you reached out to us, you were, you know, really thinking about like, this community building and yeah. this vision of like helping, you know, young people kind of, I don't know, kickstart, like you kickstarted your career, yeah. kickstart uh, that life, that thought, like, well, tell us more, tell us, tell us what's in your mind. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So through my whole life, I mean, I've always known that, like I said, I've always known that I wanted to be in business. And, you know, ever since I was five years old, I was like, I want to wear a suit. I want to be a businessman you know? <laughs> without even knowing what that was. It just clicked for me. Something clicked. And um, and so I get it. Yeah. And, and that being said, you know, uh, as you go through your life people's opinions there again you know they kind of shape you and you, you're trying to figure out exactly what direction that you want to go in and um, for kids but even you know especially teenagers and young adults they struggle with that and a lot of people struggle what direction that they want to go to and there's there's so many things nowadays that are coming at us that you know so many conflictions of choices that we have to make um, and so the thing that I'm really passionate about um, I, I realized recently um, which is, as I was going through my real estate career, um, I realized that I wanted to have a bigger impact than just selling homes, you mm -hmm. know? And, uh, and I know that I'm made for more than just selling homes, you know? I'm a, I'm a leader of people, but I also have a passion uh, for young people. And the way that I found that was, I was kind of going through a season in my life where it was a bit 
dry, I guess. And, uh, and I was kind of just rolling with the punches and, you know, just going through the motions. And, uh-huh. um, and I, I didn't really feel like I was actually growing and I didn't feel like I was actually on my trajectory to step into my true destiny of what I wanted to do, you know? And so I was going through a time where a lot of young adults do and, and young people. Um, and like you said, even into most 35 year olds or that's what happens with midlife crisis, right? Is people, you know, think that they have it one way, but then they don't actually know the direction that they want to head. And so and I was 35 when I started putting it together, like you're saying, it's yeah, like, man, yeah, exactly. And it feels hopeless, doesn't it? Definitely. Yeah. Hey, like, what am I supposed to be doing? Yeah. Yeah. And I was lucky one too. Cause I had a lot of mentors in my life. Right. That, uh, really tried to not try. They did. They shaped who I am yeah. and helped me understand what my potential was. Totally. But I can imagine someone who, you know, maybe they are 21 years old. They're just, and they don't have those connections. Yeah. That's gotta be hard. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And so, um, one of the, one of the things that I, I realized recently, I heard a great quote, which was, um, just talking about how, if you don't know what your passion is, or you don't know what direction that you want to head in, find the thing, not that you love, but that you hate. Cause you know, not to go in that direction. Kind of, but okay. also because if there's something that you truly hate, like with a passion, like it's burning in your heart, that hate, then you need to go the other direction and show, you know, kind of help that other person crowd, if you will. So for me, I started thinking about it and I was like, what do I hate? What do I hate in life? And the thing that I really hate, which is kind of what I was talking to you guys about is people not living in their true potential and people not actually giving it their all. And if we're given one life, why would we not give it our all? You know, no doubt. and why is, why is, uh, or why, why do we go through our lives and, and choose to make decisions non-intentionally? You know, every single thing, even to what we put in our bodies or what we're going to do um, that day needs to be super intentional. And so what I'm very passionate about is just, you know, personal growth. That's part of it, but also um, direction for people. And so that, that, that's what I found that I really hate. And the, the opposite coin, you know, the opposite side of the coin is that um, I want to help people kind of overcome that. So, so how are you going to do that? How are you yeah. going to engage? Great question. Yeah. Well, honestly, I mean, we're filming here at the Spokane library Yes, we are. <laughs> and I didn't even know that they had a third floor. And so when I came up here, I actually got here like 15 minutes earlier or so. And I was just walking through and I looked at that stage that they have. This is amazing. This is incredible. I know what a, yes it is. This facility has it all. Yeah, exactly. So, so what's on that stage, Nate? Well, I started dreaming. Yeah, I started just dreaming while I was waiting and uh, and one of the things that I'd like to start doing is holding events for for people that are in that space, you know, that just might not know what they want to do. Because I have a lot of friends, you know, I'm only 21 and so I have a lot of friends that are in that boat that are like Hey, can I talk to you? Like, what, what do you think I should do? You know, and it's not for me to say, but I can give direction of my experience. Sure. And just, so. you know, having a, an outlet to be able to discuss, um, your, those dreams, those hopes, experiences, I imagine you're going to be able to, you know, find some direction. Yeah. There's a lot of pressure on, you know, kids right now to like pick what you're going to do. I was just at a conference last night for our daughter. She's yeah. you know about to be 17 awesome. and they were doing this presentation and basically it was lining out what's your life going to look like and yeah. what are you going to do? I'm like, damn, you're 17. Yeah. Like, and you have to make these choices now. It's just, I can just feel it like th- that pressure. Yeah. So to have an outlet to be able to, you know, 
these young people like yourself, people in high school, like to be able to talk about that. I, I see that as a great community benefit. Yeah. Cause that doesn't exist. Right? No, not really. What do you I do? Mean, it's like, go to college. You'll figure it out. Right. Exactly. I mean, we have, what are they called in schools? The, the counselors, they call them career guidance, counselors, guidance counselors. Yeah. yeah. And that's, that's one thing, but the same thing with, with them is that they've been, um, you know, they've been changed by their atmosphere as well. And they have a specific way of thinking, which typically is you need to go to this college or you need to do this or you need to do this program or whatever it may be, you know? And so the approach that I want to take is really, you know, finding what actually makes these people tick. And my, my whole idea of, of what I want to achieve in this life is um, changing the world in some capacity. And I think that the way that we do that is with the youth. I think it is, you know, there's a, there's a lot of people that try to change the opinions of everyone else. You know, uh, if you follow anyone on social media, you'll see that very fast, <laughs> whether it's politically or their own belief systems or whatever it may be. Uh, but the reality is, is most adults don't have the opportunity to be able to change their mind unless they have a large circumstance happen that allows them to. Right. You know, and so I think with the youth, I think that's that's the ticket. Well, it's a blank slate. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I'm a you're talking my language because I'm yeah. a real believer. You know, the nature over nurture conversation. Totally. Yeah. Like nurture is it for me? It's like it's in your environment. It's how you're brought up, what you're exposed to that can really shape the human who who they are. Yeah, and to have like conversations about potential yeah. of what your purpose is at I. At a young age, that sounds like a dream to me. Yeah, those are not being talked about when I was in school. It was like, right. what career will you have? I right. was going to be a, a fighter pilot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what I was going to do. That. Yeah, well, it didn't happen. You could still uh, do that. <laughs> uh, yeah, for about ten thousand yeah. dollars in Arizona, I've seen that. Trust yeah. me, I'm thinking about it. Yeah, <laughs> Kathy, if you're listening to this today. Let me fly the MIG. <laughs> but yeah, to just have, like, I think that's incredible to be yeah. able to have those uh, more deeper conversations. You know, I, I was super, super blessed by the way that I was brought up. Like I said, I grew up on a farm, and while I hated that in the moment, I'm very, very grateful looking back uh, because of the perspective that it gave me and, and the work ethic that it gave me. And I actually grew up pretty poor. Uh, my parents, like I said, you know, raised five kids. And all five of us are pretty spread out, and uh, it's, that's a big family for anyone, but they were in ministry my whole life, and so they only made maybe 18, 20,000, which to support a family, pay their mortgage, and support their ministry is not a lot. No. <laughs> and so I grew up, you know, in, a, in an environment like that, but the, the coolest part of it was, is my dad and my mom both instilled this belief in me of, you know, if you actually put your mind to it, and you actually put the work in that you can achieve anything. And that's the difference is most people say, you know, if you believe that you can do anything, you can do anything. <laughs> well, I might not be able to go play in the NBA tomorrow because I'm only 5'9". Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but I do believe that if you put the work in, in anything that you really can achieve anything. Well, and you start to pair that with like true purpose. Yeah. Oh, that's the magic. That's the community building. Yeah. That's, that's effectiveness. Right. Well, we... We do not have a lot of young guests on this show. Uh, and I'm curious just about your view of Spokane. Sure. And a as a, a community right now, is this a friendly place for young people? Like, um, yeah, let's just start there. A friendly place. Yeah. yeah. Like, do you want to live here? Do you think the people your age want to be here? 
No. <laughs> Do I want to yeah. be here? Yes. <laughs> I think uh, I think people. Well, my should age, we change? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think I think the majority of people my age usually want to go somewhere else because they see Spokane as not having a lot of opportunities for them. Um, you know, maybe not a lot of resources, whatever it may be. And so I think naturally, just as a as a young adult. A big piece of being your own person is, you know, moving away, moving away from your parents. That comes naturally. But I think especially in Spokane, you know, we it's not like a city where a lot of people really want to end up if they're in the more creative space or whatnot and things like that. There's just not as many opportunities like that. So, um, but I think that ultimately what I see is a lot of the older generation comes back here. You know, and, and maybe even the youth, I've seen that a lot where they go and they have their experience, you know, trying to pursue their goals or whatever it may be. And then they end up coming back because sure. it, it really is a, a home friendly city. I know I never wanted to leave Spokane. I ended up yeah. having to for work and I was yeah. in Seattle for about six years. But um, I was with you. I'm like, I love this town. Yeah. I'm like, this is a great spot. I want to be a part of it. I want to engage in it. Build yeah. Community in it. Um, what can our community do to like create more opportunities though for young people. Do you have any ideas oh, around man. that? Because I think that brain drain that happens when young people move away, yes, they do return with, you know, you know, more ideas, but if we can just keep that young energy in this community right mm -hmm. now, I think there's magic in that too. Yeah. Yeah, I do too. Um, I don't have an answer for that, to be honest. And well, if you did, we'd put you on the yeah. council. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, yeah, I, I, that's a great question. And I've, I've actually been thinking about it a lot, but, um, I think the way that I'm going to personally do that is by holding, you know, some of these events, um, and trying to first inspire and then create resources that kids can actually use. And, um, another thing is with tech nowadays, you know, there's so many ways where, kind of doesn't matter where you live you right. know there's so many opportunities so i know if you can just base yourself here yeah well i'm, Nate, I'm definitely not asking you to be the spokesman of young people but yeah. you're in front of me so i'm just like oh help us understand totally. Totally. um yeah. you know as a lot of people are coming into the workforce like i am realizing that like i need to change mm. as you know a leader in our business because what I had valued before or what I thought, you know, people needed yeah. in a leader is it is changing. Yeah. And so uh, like being able to really express the why in everything in and paint that picture frequently. Right. I've had to like evolve into that person to mm. like engage with, you know, people coming out of college, coming out of high school. Yeah. Um, any other tips for someone like me? that can help engage, you know, young people who want to, you know, sure. be successful in their career. Sure. Yeah. Um, I don't know if this is what you're saying necessarily, but what I've experienced as an employer as well, um, is that my generation doesn't necessarily either want to work or not very good at work. <laughs> is that, is that in the direction that you're headed? Kinda. Kinda. I don't believe that. Like, I okay. think there's the, yeah. th that the youth has so much energy yes and yes. and i love their view of the world right the equality level that's coming through is like something we dream of in the disability space sure um so it's not quite that they don't want to work i just don't think they're engaging in a right. higher purpose right and so that's what i'm i'm personally trying to work on you know skills okay. again i see where you're going yeah 
Yeah. I think it's a dead trope. Oh, you're lazy. They said the same no, about yeah. my generation. Yeah. I don't <laughs> I don't think that it's that they're lazy per se. Um I think that kind of like what you said, it's misguided. And and that's where one of my goals within these next few years is to give more guidance and to, you know, kind of step into that role because yeah, I agree. Um have you ever do you have any um history with reading Simon Sinek or Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Have yeah. you read Leaders Eat, Leaders Eat Last? Uh, no, I have not. I have it on my shelf. Okay. Yeah. Do I need to pick it up? You do need to pick it up. Yeah. It's a really, really good, um, and engaging story. Um, and in the very end of it, if you have the updated copy, at least it goes into millennials. Do you have that copy? I I bet I do because I just bought it a few years ago. Okay. Yeah. So it go. he kind of digs into it and talks about the different generations and kind of their focus. And a lot of my generation and the younger generation, is focused on change, um, and they're very focused on mission. And so it's, it's really interesting when you read that book because it kind of gives you some more perspective. You know, um, It's not necessarily that, that my generation is you know, lazy or lackadaisical or whatever it may be, but I think that there's so many distractions nowadays that they're putting their energy in the wrong places. If that makes sense. I'm following you. Yeah. Absolutely. That makes sense. So as an employer, like if we can help paint a mission, yeah. one that's worthy of being a part of, then we might get more engagement. Is yeah. that fair? Big time. Yeah. Well, yeah. and it's also proven that companies that support a mission uh, do way, way better in sales in general. And so people as a species like to support a bigger goal and a bigger mission. So I know. So let's give them what they want. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Oh, incredible. Um, I know we're calling ourselves a social enterprise these days. And it kind of speaks to me what you're saying. Like, if we are able to lay out this mission, lay out this dream of what's possible, help, you know, move our community in that direction. Yeah. We're going to get people to join on that, uh, that train with us. Yeah, most definitely. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shoot your question right back to you. What do you think that we could do in Spokane uh, to better engage the youth? Well, I, I'll think back to myself. Like, you know, what did I really need? I think we should be challenging, you know, folks a lot more, especially in the school system. Yeah. Because um, just pushing people through doesn't seem very helpful. I know that was my experience. Like if someone would have, uh, I almost didn't graduate high school. It's why I dropped yeah. out. If I hadn't learned about um, running start, yeah, I probably would have went down a, a different road. Yeah, and and I know that story. Yeah, it's it's not unique to me. You're just saying you're experiencing something similar. So I think we need to like raise the bar there yeah. and help challenge uh, our, our youth opportunities i don't also i don't know what that looks like but i hope that business leaders who are creating companies maybe some of these startups that are coming here like try to keep that energy here and recruit from here right so that that's something that that i hope yeah and maybe just i'm gonna keep trying to evolve myself so maybe managers leaders of organizations right look inside see if what you've been doing is what your business needs for the future yeah and if you're willing to change a little bit a little evolve a little bit right let's do that yeah yeah that's what i'm thinking i agree i like it well what else is on your mind nate 
what else is on my mind? Man, I don't know. Um, I was actually thinking in the car on the way over, I was like, what am I going to say? <laughs> and one of the things uh, that I wanted to you know, mention is um, I think with finding your purpose and finding the direction that you want to take in life, uh, a lot of it comes to identity and personal identity. And have you ever heard of the, the analogy of the thermostat and the thermometer? Maybe. Yeah. Not, it's not popping, though. Tell yeah. us more. So natural-born leaders are more, more uh, like a thermostat, right? And so say that they're set at 69 degrees, and you open the door and more people come in, but those people are more like 30-degree kind of people. That natural-born leader and that thermostat will naturally cool um, or heat up the room in that case to get those people to their 69 degrees, you know, um, whereas the thermometers are the people who adapt to that. And so I think a lot of that comes back to identity and who you are. And so when you're talking about finding your purpose and the direction that you want to take, I think a lot of it comes to what you want to become. And so one of the things that helped me a lot was I actually wrote my obituary. Oh, really? I did, yeah. And it was when I found out that we were pregnant. And I think my wife was about six months out from having the baby. And I read this really great book called Hero on a Mission by Donald Miller. Have you ever heard of it? Nope. No? Um, and so he goes into that. And one of the challenges is to write your own obituary from another person's perspective. And so I did it from my unborn daughter's perspective, um, looking back, you know, when she's in her, hopefully when she's in her 80s, yeah. you know, and she's like, my dad did this and this and this. And so I sat in a dark room and I just thought about it. And I, I like really made myself emotional, like to the point where I was in tears thinking about her at my funeral and what she would say. And sounds powerful. It was an amazing exercise. And I really recommend it to all of you and, and everyone who's listening to this, uh, because it really gave me perspective for what I wanted and the direction that I wanted to head in and who I wanted to become as a person. And I think that's a lot of what identity is, right? Is it's just a reinforcement of your current beliefs um, and the, the value that you hold for yourself. And so one of the things that I would say is if you're, if you're lost right now and if you, you know, are looking for your purpose or your direction, a lot of what that happens to come down to is figuring out what you want to emulate. You know? And one of the great ways to do that is by writing your obituary. And so for me, I was like, I want to be a very influential, influential leader and speaker. And I want to be kind of the person that when I'm in a room with you, you, know, you feel like you're the only person in the room with me. And I want to, you know, make people feel special and seen and heard. And I want to own a thousand businesses in my lifetime. Mm -hmm. And I want to, you know, all of these different goals, right? And then I just basically wrote down the traits that those person emulates on a day-to-day -day basis. And, uh, and then I wrote out that list. And I have that still to this day. And just looking over that, um, I kind of touch base with that every once in a while, about once a week, once a month, whatever. Make sure you're on that right path. Yeah, exactly. And, and make sure that, uh, that that's who I'm becoming. And a lot of, you know, personality is just becoming that person. As simple as that sounds, that's, that's the best guidance that I can give. Because once you find out the person that you want to become, then you actually have a direction, right? Like it's hard to hit a goal without having a target. Have you written your purpose statement? Do you have that in mind? Do you I, know what your purpose is? I actually have. Uh, I, I, I did write it down, and I, I don't remember. <laughs> yeah. I It was a powerful exercise yeah. to get to that. And it, it, yeah. I've gone through many iterations, you know, as I, totally. I keep evolving. But I know for myself, it's like I want to, you know, I want to be the mirror. 
yeah. to someone and to reflect their best self back to them. Yeah. And if I can do that and be in my purpose, I, I'm going to live a pretty happy life. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think you're on your way uh, to lots of great things. Like I'm, I'm so excited to be able to have this opportunity to, you know, speak with you today Same and you to get you. to share with our listeners. Um, thanks, Nate. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I have a, I have another thought if you want it, please. <laughs> um, one thing that's uh, kind of going back to what I was saying on that is I grew up, like I said, I was the youngest of five. And so being the youngest of five siblings or even three siblings or however many siblings, uh, you kind of are able to fit into the shadows the shadows of your older siblings and um, and their friends or whatever it may be. And so I grew up with not a lot of confidence at all. And uh, and so getting into real estate, that it's was hard one... to believe. Yeah. Thank <laughs> yeah. you. I appreciate that. And so getting into real estate, uh, that was one big thing that I had to overcome. You know, how do I go into a coffee shop and make a conversation with somebody that I don't know? That right. terrified me, you know, and even something like this terrified me or speaking or whatever it may be. And so um, that was one of the first things that I had to figure out how to accomplish. And um, with kind of like what I was telling you with writing down the person that I wanted to become, the way that I was actually able to achieve that is just day-to-day disciplines. And I'm sure that you probably have something similar. But um, honestly, I believe that confidence comes from the promises that we keep to ourselves. Great point. Yeah. That seems pretty pathetic. Yeah, it's yeah. it's true. And that little bit of structure, you can, you yeah. know build for yourself whatever it looks like it's true yeah absolutely yeah I've always been kind of extreme <laughs> and so my wife my wife always calls me extreme she's like I just wish you weren't so extreme because if you weren't she loves you know, it <laughs> she does yeah <laughs> yeah but I've always been the person that's like I'm gonna wake up at four and I'm gonna you know get to the gym by this time and all of that stuff and um and when I do that uh or I guess it was probably a period of two to three years where in the beginning of my real estate career that I was like, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this. And then I wouldn't do it. And it would have a negative effect on my confidence. And uh, what it came down to ultimately for me was accountability to hold me to those goals. And so I got an accountability partner and um, started actually achieving those things and doing those things day to day. And what I found is even by week one of waking up at, you know, the time that I said that I was going to and hopping in the ice bath is something that I love to do um, and going to the gym by a certain time and uh, setting your morning up that way that built so much confidence for me personally. And so there's yeah, all biting of- off those little things and, and keeping those little promises. Totally. Um, yeah. I've been lots of sales seminars and some yeah. of them are led by, you know, like generals and things. I remember one right. of them was like, make your bed in the morning. Oh yeah. Just start, oh, yeah. start small. Captain Phillips or what is his name? Gosh, I don't remember. He has a speech. Rem- yes. Yeah. Yeah. But, it, but it's like that you bite off the little things. Yeah. I know for my own self, like I've quit like making like those big promises, like right. using words like I'm never going to X. Yeah. Just stop that because it's a guaranteed way to like disappoint yourself because you yeah. never know what circumstances will change. What, right. What, could happen of course you have your you know your values right and you know your moral lines but just those big promises i try to stay away but yeah biting off the small yeah. ones keeping those little promises right. i love it. it's good and it's, it's ultimately would you agree that that's what has helped form your identity and who you are definitely it also is around authenticity though too right um, right you know as a salesperson i i learned to emulate the people that I was around. Yeah. So that was kind of like what 
That's I had success do. doing yeah. that, you know, and I was liked and all this stuff, but I was kind of a chameleon. Yeah. And th- there was emptiness at the end of that road. Right. And so as I started right. to like understand this idea of you got to be the same person yeah. at home, at work, yeah, at the grocery store, like right. try to be authentic. And the more authentic I became, the more real I became, the happier I became. Right. And the more effective I became. Right. Well, you are the sum of the five people that you hang around most. And so, you know, with emulating those people, it's important that you have high quality people in your life. Great point on that. Yeah. I know some of my, uh, like, some of my times when I was, uh, you know, really sad or depressed, like, yeah. as long as I was hanging out with people that were just doing a little, not as good as me, it was okay. <laughs> and I, I kept that going for a long time. Yeah. And that was, so that resonates with me. It's like, yeah, find the people that you want to be like. Yeah. And make them part of your tight circle. Right. Yeah. Oh. We're covering lots of ground today. <laughs> I wish we had more time. I know, seriously. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in, any other parting thoughts? I don't think so. Yeah, I think um, the parting thought that I would leave you with is that, uh, you know, if you're struggling with your purpose or finding your direction in life, start with just sticking to a routine. Stay disciplined in the, in the little things, like you were saying. And then also give yourself five minutes a day to, to dream. That's a big, yeah. that's a big point. Um, that I think anybody that's listening to this should take away, you know? So a lot of us don't think that we're visionaries until we actually sit down and give ourselves the time to be visionaries. Well, we see it in you, Nate. Thank you. Nate Yoder, (laughs) you've seen him on Good Gab first. And I promise you, when you're on that stage right out this door at the Spokane Library, I'll be in the audience rooting you on. Awesome, thank you. Nate, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me.